As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, it's Spooky Boo, coming to you from the lighthouse in the creepiest town in all of the land. Sandcastle, California. If you've ever been here, then you know how spooky the area is. And you must never venture out alone, for if you do, then you may never return. You might be mistaken for a spirit on its way to or from a dimension of torment for all eternity, at least until the gods that be decide to let you go. Sandcastle is not your normal place, and I urge you to try not to find it, for if you do... It might be the last place you ever visit. Learn more about Sandcastle on Halloween by visiting www.sandcastlehorror.com Tonight I have for you four chilling Halloween stories that will leave you shivering in your sleep. Ah, but you like that, don't you? To be haunted in your dreams? This chilling episode of Spooky Boo's Creepypasta and True Scary Stories would not be possible without the listeners and the Patreon members including Mad Joe, P.A. Nightmares, Ivy Iverson, Jen Mischievous, John Newby, Patrick, and 933thevolt.com. If you would like to become a supporter of Spooky Boo's Scary Storytime, visit www.scarystorytime.com support to find out how you can help keep the show on the air. Now let's begin. Story number one. Eyes as black as night. A creepy pasta. The sound of another knock at our door woke me from my short nap. The clock read 8.17. Still another hour before they would all go home. I stood up and stretched. Then another knock came at our door. Are you going to get that? My wife groaned from across the room. Yes, yes, I started to walk, but the pins and needles in my right leg almost stopped me. I opened the door to see it, standing there, unblinking. Trick or treat! This one was wearing a scream mask and was covered in black clothes. I dropped two chocolate bars into his large pumpkin-shaped basket. 
He said thanks and walked away. I closed the door and sat back down on the couch, hoping to maybe get some more shut-eye. Then came yet another knock. I got up quickly, grabbed two more bars of chocolate from our bucket, and headed for the door. There were two of them this time, two girls, one dressed as a princess and the other as a fairy, typical for girls their age. I dropped one chocolate bar into each basket. They were about to say thank you, but I closed the door. I'll have more time to relax. Too bad if they think I'm rude. I began to relax again, but instead of napping, I thought about the day when Anne and I would have a kid. We would have to send him up to random strangers' front doors, then they would give him candy, and I would... Then I heard another knock. I was too relaxed to even care this time. Let's convince them we're not home. Maybe they'll go away. Then they knocked again. I heard Anne groan loudly and get up, and she started for the door. Honey, I can... She stopped me mid-sentence with a simple, shut up, and continued walking. I heard the door open and the sound of candies dropping into baskets, then talking. This one was a little girl, and after a few seconds I heard Anne say, Oh, poor baby. The girl clearly said, Can I come in? My wife responded with, Sure, I think we have a few bandages. I sat up, and the children, there was a boy following the girl, had come in as far as our boot rack. The girl had a green witch mask on, and the boy had a zombie mask. They had no costume except for the masks, just plain clothes. My wife returned with the bandages. The girl held her wrist out, and Anne wrapped a bandage around the girl's small cut. The girl proceeded to slip off her mask and glare at me. Nice contacts, was all I managed to say. Her eyes were as black as night, and her skin was an oddly pale white. She just grinned at me, and then I realized something felt off. Very off. Honey, can I talk to you in private? She gave me an odd look, but still said, sure. We walked into the kitchen and stood in front of the oven, where they could not hear us. Something's not right here, I decided to say when first came to my mind. What? Now she looked at me even more oddly. No response came to mind. She just said, You say that every time Dolores gives me cookies or a loaf of bread. Stop being paranoid. She walked off, then I heard her gasp. I walked out slowly, only to see two masks and two buckets in the place of two children. The buckets had only two pieces of candy each, the candy we gave them. Strange, I didn't hear them leave. Maybe they didn't leave, she gave me that look again. Maybe they're in here somewhere, planning to steal something. Yeah, right, we don't have anything worth... We both heard it. A scratching sound inside the back bedroom. We looked at each other and began to walk down the hallway... Even though I knew they were just children, I had a very odd feeling about them. Probably those eyes. As we neared the doorway to the bedroom, a loud growling sound came from inside the doorway. It was like a dog's growl, only deeper. Honey, did you hear that? Silence. Honey, I said as I turned around. 
I was alone, and the place of my wife was only darkness. A chill ran down my spine, but I continued walking. I mustered up as much courage as I could, jumped inside and turned on the light. The boy was there. He was clawing at a spot in the middle of the room, as if looking for something. He looked up and smiled. His mouth was full of sharp, pointed teeth. His eyes as black as the girl's. I began to back up. What the v- Honey? A familiar voice came from behind me. I turned around, and Anne was standing there. She grabbed the sides of my face and stared into my eyes. It will all be over soon. She said sweetly as my face began to feel odd. Then I noticed something about her eyes. They were as black as night, too. Slowly, everything began to fade away into nothing. The police came to Daniel and Ann's house at 1.08 a.m. that night. After, their neighbor Dolores Bridge heard something screaming from within the house. All that was found was deemed suspicious were the masks, baskets, and a hole in the middle of the bedroom floor which had the skeletons of two small children at the bottom of it and one silver cross. The skeletons were found in a position which suggested they were killed in some sort of ritual. After some research, the police found that the neighbor, Dolores, had two children and they had gone missing 17 years ago. Story number two, Day of Demands. A creepy pasta. It all started long ago, and since happened once a year. This horrible night. It was the end of October. I was eager for a new month. Who really knows why? Anyways, I was walking home that night from a friend's house down the street. It was around five o'clock, so there was sufficient light to guide the way. Even though I lived twenty minutes away, the sky seemed to dim rapidly. I picked up the pace after noticing this cold wind blowing against my back, as if urging me along. After what seemed forever, I found myself in the safety of my home, unharmed. So it stayed that way. I jolted around my house for some reason, still a little paranoid from the walk home. Regardless, I had nothing to fear, so with a cup of coffee in my hand, I settled down in front of the television. My favorite show was on, a marathon in fact, which raised my spirits dramatically. When the clock struck 6.30, it was the beginning of a new episode. What a joyous day I was having. Well, it was joyous up until that point. The sky was consumed by a blanket of darkness. The trees soon became looming, shadowy figures in my yard. I tilted my head up to the side so I could get a better view of the sky perhaps to see some stars of the moon. However, there was none. It was dark as an abyss. This did not worry me, at least not as much as what happened next. I looked out of the window and saw something move swiftly across my driveway. I jolted straight out of my chair and pulled the curtain farther away from the window. It was gone. My imagination, I told myself. That or a stick being blown by the vigorously blowing wind. Yes. Yes, that must have been it. I went to go sit back down, but the figure once more caught my eye. The next thing I knew, I had gone into total shock. The door had been knocked on. I hobbled over to the door, fearing the outcome of the opening. 
I hesitated. One minute had passed, and once more the sound of knocking filled my ears. Ever so slowly I reached for the doorknob, and when it had met my hand, I reluctantly turned it. The sight was horrifying. Pale, white, reekly skin dotted with eyes that appeared to be similar to black holes. A short yet ominous figure it was. The voices coming from it were high-pitched and nearly a screech. I was unable to hear the horrid figure due to its screech, also taking on characteristics of a mumble. For a short while I stood there in awe, fear, not knowing what to do. Once more the creature muttered something under its breath. Once more I stared at it, this time nearly falling backwards as I walked in reverse with choppy steps. Mouth wide open, I awaited a response. Now the creature seemed fed up, shouting, I demand that you hand it over. My eyes became wide as dinner plates. With fumbling hands, I made a desperate attempt to slam the door, but the creature soon outspread its hands and prevented the door from any further motion. It screamed, I demand you give it to me right now. After another delay, a long hand emerged from the beast, as it firmly grasped its head. I cringed in fear, for it was removing its skin. I could barely look. Beneath was a small, round-eyed, pale-looking person-like character. I passed out. The next morning, I woke up on all of my candy, sweets, or any sort of treat had been removed from my possession. I called my friend who lived down the street and told him of these events. I told him how irregular and terrifying this first-hand account was. He seemed a little unsure of my story. He said something might be wrong with me. I told him I would call this day the Day of Demands, due to the demanding ghost. I decided to name it for my friend told me this occurs every year. However, I think he was a little scared, for he changed the subject and started talking about this weird thing called Halloween. Story number three. Dear Mrs. Chalmers, a creepypasta by Jay Desheen. Dear Mrs. Chalmers, I realize this letter is reaching you at a very difficult time. I'm not going to claim to know how you feel, not being a parent myself. The worry and constant anxiety you're experiencing must be unbearable. You're probably not sleeping. Every time you close your eyes, I'll bet the worst possible scenarios play themselves out in your mind. Dear Mrs. Chalmers, Well, allow me to put you to ease once and for all. Your precious little Timothy is completely safe and in my care. I must say, he is a remarkable boy. Having seen you on the news, though, I'm reasonably certain that it was nothing you did that made him the way he is. You don't seem to have it in you to raise and inspire a child like Timothy. He is truly gifted, and perhaps it was for the best that he wandered away into my sights. Now I'm certain he'll have the chance to reach his fullest potential. Allow me to explain how Timothy and I met. As you know, it was Halloween night. Ah, oh, yes, my favorite night of the year. 
the night when everyone goes around masquerading as something other than themselves. So many people roaming the streets covered in blood. I don't stand out on Halloween. I don't have to hide. It's the freest I get to be all year. I had just killed some filthy whore by a dumpster in an alleyway. Hookers get murdered all the time, often by me, and no one seems to care, even when the news feels like reporting on it. That's why it makes it so easy. If there's no one to miss them, there's no one to demand justice. This one, though, she was special. She had such a pretty mouth, with big, sweet lips, eyes like a damn beanie baby, and the softest, smoothest pair of tits you could ever want. I could tell she was new, young, not yet ruined by the street. Those are my favorite ones. I fucked her in the alleyway, something I don't always do, and then I muffled her screams with one hand, while slicing through her flesh with the knife I held in the other. It's my favorite feeling in the world when they stop fighting, and ever so gradually wind down from high anxiety to a complete stop. Sometimes I swear I can feel their heartbeats weaken and fade and peter out completely. God damn, do I love it so. Once I had finished her off, I picked her up, Remember, I didn't need to worry about the blood on this particular evening. And chucked her head first into the dumpster. She landed on the inside with a louder thud than I expected. But what I expected even less was a gasp. I heard in response. Someone was hiding behind the dumpster. I'm not too proud to admit that I was scared. I mean, who wants to be caught? I sure as hell don't. You understand, don't you? I had my knife ready, just in case I needed to use it again, and slowly crept around to see who this witness was. And there he was, this little boy in a clown costume. He's told me since then that he's ten, but damn if I didn't think he was a toddler or something. A bit short for his age, isn't he? That's okay, though. Special comes in all shapes and sizes. Well, I regret it now, but of course I barked at him. I demanded to know what he was doing hiding behind that dumpster. What he said damn near floored me. Do you know what he said? He said he'd been out specifically looking for me. How about that? Naturally, I asked him what the hell he was talking about, and he explained that you and his daddy make him watch the news every night. Because, in his words, you want him to be smart. Well, let me tell you, you sure did get your wish on that one. He said he'd seen a couple of news stories about the guy who keeps killing people, and so he wanted to come and find me. He picked Halloween to do it because it was the first time you were letting him go out alone. He knew I mostly went for whores, and even picked up on the kinds of settings where I like to do the deed, which is how he knew to wait for me behind a dumpster in the shitty part of town. See? Smart kid. Of course, I asked what he wanted to find me for. Now this. What you're about to read is extraordinary. Honestly, it chokes me up. I thought I was beyond these kinds of feelings, but your boy, your remarkable little boy... 
Do you know what he said? He said I inspired him. He said my work excited him. He told me his dream was to be just like me. How could I just say no to that? Sure, I'll admit that I was totally prepared to kill him. But I knew when I heard those words and saw the sincerity in those little eyes of his that this was something I couldn't just throw away. And so I've taken little Timmy under my bloody wing. Although, of course, he'd hate that I just called him that. You know how he is. He has exceeded every one of my expectations and passed every test I've thrown at him with flying colors. It's amazing how quickly he earned his first kill. I'll never forget the look on his face as he sliced into that woman's chest. It was the face of pure, unadulterated joy. I've never been so proud. And that's not all. He's getting better by the day. In fact, he's started going out by himself now. That's where he is tonight. I decided to take the night off to write you this little letter. I can hardly wait for him to get back and tell me all about who he managed to find and what he decided to do to them. He's astoundingly creative. So, Mrs. Chalmers, please don't fret. Timothy, as you can see, is completely safe from anyone or anything that might try to harm him. But whether or not they are safe from Timothy, well, that's the question now, isn't it? Sincerely, the guy who keeps killing people. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Story number four The Fun House. A creepypasta. The dusk air was clogged with the scents of deep-fried food. The air clouded with the exclamations of hundreds of happy carnival-goers as they sped through the rides with reckless abandon. It was the perfect evening, the joyous atmosphere filling the hearts and minds of everyone there with enough fun to last until their next adventure. I couldn't help but smile 
my brightest, whitest grin. It was a season of carnivals, fairs, and outdoor festivals. The smell of cotton candy washed over the land like a flash flood. The bright emerald of my eyes swept over the masses, spying large overstuffed animals, bobbing through the crowd as children and adults alike toddled their prizes through the fairgrounds. Everyone here tonight was a child at heart, including myself. Spying one of my favorite carnival treats, the funhouse, I giddily trotted over to the old converted trailer in search of those infamous mirrors and cheap pranks. My friends had all gone in search of their favorite greasy fair delicacies, leaving me to my own devices. While I disliked going on most of the rides by my lonesome, I could more than handle the various mysteries inside the funhouse. After all, they're mostly geared to scare children. Most of them I had seen a million times and at most provided me a chuckle or two. Once in a while something would jump out and startle me. But even then the prank was met with laughter. It was a fun house after all. I dug a few tickets from my pocket taking inventory as I read the sign outside the old trailer. A young Hispanic man stood by the door, his smile only broken by a sip from his fresh ice-cold lemonade he held in his right hand. As people entered, he would smile and nod, placing their tickets in his pocket. It was five tickets to enter. I had exactly seven. What a fine way to end my magical night at the fair. Passing the little light blue squares of paper off to the vendor... I merrily stepped up the stairs and into the dark interior of the large refurbished trailer. I had to blink a few times to adjust my eyes to the light. Pausing for just a moment, I pulled the length of my long red hair back over my shoulders and secured it with a purple hair tie from my left wrist. I was ready to have some fun, all by my lonesome. As I began down the tiny dark corridor, I could hear the echoes of the people who entered before me chuckling and squealing. I heard a couple up ahead, the woman giggling like a schoolgirl and her boyfriend or male counterpart. I should say instead of making assumptions. Let out a frightened cry. I quietly uttered a chuckle. Men usually seem to be the biggest chickens when it comes to these type of thrills. An old prop of a hanging man flew out from the way, its limbs flailing about limply, from the sudden jolt that had forced it from its place in the wall. I jumped, my body flooded with an anxious tingling that seemed to dissipate out through my fingers and toes. I chuckled, pushing the dummy aside as I headed further into the funhouse. There was something odd as my fingers had pushed against the prop. It had felt slightly warm and gooey. Great effects. Perhaps they had actually put some effort into things this year. After another couple of feet, a ghastly glowing sheet came flying across the ceiling, accompanied by the familiar ghostly sounds Halloween had made famous. My green sights followed the sheet until it disappeared into a back wall. Without a second thought, I made my way further down the hall. Before long, I came to another corridor my face almost meeting the black wall rather abruptly, if not for my toes hitting the painted cardboard. I blinked, squinting for a moment to gather my bearings again. 
It was easy to get lost in places like this, the black interior and lack of lighting, leaving you disoriented and easier to spook. Before I had time to recover from my encounter with the wall, there was a horrifying shriek, followed by another cheap prop dislodging from the wall. I let out a squeal of surprise, falling back onto the floor as the dummy swung back and forth in front of me. It had several flashing green LED lights scattered around in odd places. I chuckled as I plucked myself back up off the floor. I gave my butt a rub or two, my cheeks a little sore from the tumble. It was nothing big, especially not compared to the thrills I was getting this time around. I started off again, the dummy having the same warm, gooey texture as the last. This time, however, my fingers came away wet. I frowned a bit as I wiped them off of my jeans, probably glue from those little dollar store LED lights. Perhaps the vendor could offer me some wet wipes afterwards. It would only be right since it was their sloppiness that had caused it. There were several more props that dislodged from the dark walls, their little trap doors squeaking as they popped open to spit out some thrills. Various pained cries, shrieks, and Halloween sound effects echoed through the halls. I couldn't hear any more people in the trailer. They must have all made it out already. I was having a blast, my voice booming through the darkness with chuckles and squeals. I hadn't thought twice about the grotesque creativity used in the props, most of the dummies appearing rather lifelike in the dark. To me, they were simply all improvement to the same old funhouse spiel. It was nice to see and feel some effort being put into this carnival classic. After about five minutes, I came to a door, my hands finding the doorknob before I even realized what was in front of me. I attempted to turn it, but it wouldn't budge. Frowning, I furrowed my brow in frustration. Removing my attention from the door, I felt my way around the hallway around me, running my fingers along black walls. There didn't seem to be another way through. Maybe it was just jammed. I leaned my body into the door, my hands furled as tightly as they could around the little handle. I noticed something strange when I pressed up against the door. There was a low mechanical hum coming from behind the door. I paused, pressing my ear to the black entryway as I listened intently for any other sounds. Perhaps it was the generator outside that powered the entire funhouse. Shrugging it off, I lofted a little sigh of disappointment as I realized the door was not going to budge. I had taken a wrong turn, obviously. Prepared to turn around and shuffle my way back to find the correct path, I slipped in something wet on the floor. Immediately my stomach churned as my mind raced to assumptions. Ugh. Someone had probably thrown up in here, either from fear or intoxication, and I just stepped in it. Disgust rushed through me, quickly dispelling the happy vibe that had followed me around all evening. What a great way to end the night. Now, focusing on my surroundings, I began to notice a smell. It didn't reek of vomit, but it was rather a bitter, metallic smell. Oil from the generator? No. It was a little different. More bittersweet. I scrunched my nose before heading back down the corridor. Whatever it was, it didn't matter. I had to be close to the end by now. 
I had a sudden desire to go find my friends and head back home for the night. My fun had been ruined by someone else's bad luck. At least I wasn't the only one who had wandered down the wrong tunnel. Dragging my fingers along the walls, I searched for another passage. It only took a moment or two before my fingers slid around a corner to my right. I don't know how I managed to miss it before, but I hurried during the corner. My face smacked right into another prop as I rounded the corner. I shrieked with a sudden shock, my body instinctively falling back away from whatever it was I had just run into. As I glanced up toward the source of the thrill, several LED lights flickered on and off behind it. One of those cheap Halloween sound effects blaring in the background. What I saw in those few short-lived green flashes horrified me. This time I got a good look at the dummy, almost every last inch of its frame covered in what looked like blood. From the chest down into the stomach cavity was torn open. Fresh sausage-looking guts poured out onto the floor. It hung suspended by its neck from the ceiling. As I sat there on the floor, another bright green flash erupted behind it. It was then that true terror struck me. Terrified, eyes rolled down towards me, peering down directly into my own. That was no dummy. Completely encompassed by the sudden onset of fear, my body went into overdrive. As my limbs began to flail beneath me in an attempt to get up, I began to slip on blood that had pooled on the floor. My heart beat feverishly against the walls of my chest, my breathing flying out of control as I began to drown in my own panic. All of those dummies, those props, they were real. I began to whimper as it all began to sink in, digging my heels down into the floor the best I could. I pushed myself back, crab-walking back down the corridor in search of an exit. Losing track of time, I crawled back frantically through the dark hallway for what seemed like forever until I felt it was safe to turn around. I wanted out of that freakish house of horrors immediately. This was no fun house. Rolling around onto all fours, I became horribly aware of the racket I was making. How long had I been whimpering? Had someone heard me? Paralyzing fear threatened to break down the door to my subconscious as I crawled on all fours back the way I had come. I needed to get out of here, immediately. Whoever was killing people might still be in there, and I didn't want to meet them. At long last, I saw a brightening of the black heavy-duty cardboard walls of the funhouse. I gasped with a sigh of relief, hot tears beginning to pour down my face as I hurried towards the exit. Sunlight became more apparent as I crawled, its weak last rays fighting for its life against the twilight. There was shuffling behind me now in the corridor, and a low scraping sound. I whimpered loudly, my voice jagged with pure horror. I was almost out of this place. At last, I reached the doorway from which I had entered. Throwing my hands out the door, I curled my fingers over the door jamb to thrust myself forward and on down the stairs. As my body rolled out into the grass, a loud cry of frustration echoed from inside the trailer. I didn't waste any time, rolling onto my stomach and pushing myself up to my feet. Again, my emerald eyes rolled along the crowd, their terrified faces gawking at me as I rose to my full height. I didn't wait, I didn't stop. Breaking out into tears, I pushed through the crowd, leaving bloody handprints on t-shirts and bare shoulders. I wanted to get out of there right now. 
When I finally found my friends, they all gathered around me in an effort to comfort my trembling frame. By then I was uncontrollably crying, my salty tears leaving streaks in the bright red blood from the funhouse. Security had already been called, and it took them very little time to find me. They had stormed the funhouse, quickly discovering the grisly remains of eleven people. The culprit had yet to be found, but they were scouring the grounds as they questioned me. I only half listened. The crowd of hundreds of people and their oversized stuffed animals suddenly terrified me. One of them, any of them, could have been the culprit. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed these stories, head on over to my website at www.scarystorytime.com to make a comment or get some fun merchandise like t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, or a pillow. You can also find me on social media at Spooky Boo Scary Storytime on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and other social media platforms. That's all for tonight. I'll see you in your nightmares. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.